Welcome to the Chrissy Crash Podcast. I'm Chrissy Crash, a former smoker, drinker, fast food eater, unhappy bartender, transformed into a roller derby athlete, runner, and fitness coach. Each week, I'll bring you an insightful guest or lesson learned from my own perfectly imperfect life to help you uncover how to create more love, light, joy, and health in your everyday experience despite the chaos and challenges. I believe that life is a contact sport. Let the games begin. Do you want to elevate your game on the track in 12 weeks or less, guaranteed? Yeah, I said it. If I could help you get fitter, faster, stronger, and more confident on the track while having more joy, self-confidence, and love in your life outside the track in just 12 weeks, guaranteed, would you be interested? Well, click the link in the show notes to learn more. What's up, my friends? Chrissy Crash here. Welcome to another episode of the Chrissy Crash podcast. Today, we are going to talk about roller derby athletes and intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is taking the nutrition world by storm. It's a big buzzword right now. People are talking about it all the time. And it sounds very simple, but also very complicated. And I think it leaves a lot of people wondering, well, what actually is that and how does it work? Does it just mean eating whatever I feel like eating whenever I feel like eating it? I mean, if so, then I intuitively would just eat cupcakes all day. And I'm pretty sure that's not going to make me a better athlete. And even though everyone can participate in this whole intuitive eating thing, I think athletes really need additional support and understanding of how to use intuitive eating to boost your sports performance. It's important that you understand that your body is going to need specific things because you're working so hard. And I think right now, you know, it's almost impossible to escape fad diets, unhealthy body image standards, and really crappy eating habits. And all of these are going to negatively affect your nutrition quality and even things like your self-esteem, your mood. So while it's easy for anyone to be influenced by these diet trends, I think athletes are at a greater risk of falling into this whole diet mentality because they want to be better so badly that they're willing to do really dumb shit. And the flip side of that, since a lot of athletes are really encouraged to be like really rigid in their eating and their training habits, the mindset actually puts them at a higher risk for eating disorders or, you know, disordered eating, which is going to obviously lead to decreased performance and increased rates of like anxiety and depression and stuff like that. So To stop this downward spiral, you're seeing a lot of this out in the world right now where a lot of people are really ditching these one size fits all like diet mentality bullshit. I think we spent maybe a decade where all of a sudden everyone was eating like a bodybuilder, right? And it just, it didn't make sense. It was a great way to quote unquote get skinny, but let's face it, it makes you fucking miserable. And so I think it's a lot more beneficial to teach athletes how to listen to their bodies, respect things like their set weight, right? And trying to like look like someone else, you know, unrealistically. And the whole cool thing about intuitive eating is it really allows the flexibility in your eating habits so you can stop obsessing over macros, you can improve your relationship with food. Now, I will preface this with, I do think it's really important before diving into intuitive eating that you do have some understanding of what's in your food, 
right? One thing that I do with my crew in Crash Course and Transformation is for the first 12 weeks, we have them track their food. We have them pay attention to how much protein's in what they're eating, how many calories. You know, we do a little bit of paying attention to carbs and fat, but primarily protein as an athlete. And you have to do this for long enough to understand what's in your food. So that way you can really move into intuitive eating. And I think it's a step that a lot of people miss because a lot of fitness professionals, they have such a keen understanding of what's in food because they started back in the whole macros diet, you know, super strict lifestyle that for them, intuitive eating is very simple because they know what's in food. But if you are not someone who's really paid attention to that. And in the world we live in today, the problem is, is that we have so much processed food that's marketed to us as healthy that we have to really educate ourselves about what's in our food. So before diving into intuitive eating and some of these principles, I will say you can jump into right away. I do really recommend that you pay attention to what you're eating, log your food for a couple of months and really notice what it is that's in the food that you're eating. So Let's jump into this. So what is intuitive eating? Okay, Intuitive eating is basically a, a flexible style of eating that emphasizes listening to your body and your mind and choosing foods accordingly. So this allows you to really develop like a healthy relationship to food by tuning into what your body wants and needs and then translating those dietary desires into proper fuel. One of the biggest misconceptions is that intuitive eating is just eating whatever you want whenever you want. And a lot of times it's like, well, what if I intuitively want a cupcake? It's like, well, did you intuitively want a cupcake or were you just bored? And even though improving your relationship to food is a really important aspect, it's a little bit more complex than that. So the whole purpose of intuitive eating is not centered around weight loss or uncontrolled eating. It's more meant to provide you with the tools that you need to eat in a way that satisfies and nourishes your body. Okay, so let's talk about how intuitive eating works. So there's basically 10 guiding principles that are sort of like the framework or the belief system around intuitive eating. So number one is rejecting diet mentality. You're basically standing up and saying, I'm done with the bullshit. I'm committing to finding a healthier way to manage food. Number two is honoring your hunger, really learning to understand your hunger keys. When are you actually hungry? When are you just thirsty? When are you, as I call it, when are you head hungry instead of stomach hungry because you're bored or something, right? Number three is making peace with food. Understanding that there's no good foods or bad foods. There's just food and some of them you eat for fuel and some of them you eat for fun, but you do it in the right way. Number four is challenging the food police. The food police are the people that are like, oh, carbs are bad, or oh, pizza's bad. I mean, the reality is nothing is bad in the right moderations, okay? Bad is just like, it doesn't make sense. It's not like your food cheated on its math test or something, you know what I mean? It's just got different proportions of carbs, fats, and protein. That's all, right? Fifth piece is discover your satiation factor. For a lot of us, especially those of us that eat on the go, eat very fast, eat mindlessly out of stress, we have lost complete connection to what it is to be satisfied by food, enjoying food, which ties into number six, which is your fullness factor, right? Where do you feel comfortably full? So these two are really important because a lot of times 
we don't sit and eat slow enough to allow our body to tell us when it's full. We're so on the go. So slowing down is a really, really important part of intuitive eating so that you can listen to what your body needs. Okay, number eight is respecting your body, which I think is the foundation of all of this. If you wake up in the morning and your body is hungry and you're gonna be like, sorry body, you gotta suck it up. Like you're just not respecting your body. If you're restricting your calories to the point of exhaustion, this isn't respecting your body. When you learn to respect your body, you learn to give your body what your body needs, which allows your body to perform at its peak state. Number nine in intuitive eating is movement. Understanding that a key part of being a healthy human is to move your body. And also understanding that you know different amounts of movement and activity require different amounts of fuel. If you're sitting around all day doing nothing, your body probably doesn't need a ton of fuel. If you're moving around a lot, you probably need to increase your fuel accordingly. And then number 10, also one of my favorites, is gentle nutrition. Being gentle with yourself, making small shifts, right? If you need to eat a little more protein, try eating 10 grams more this week. If you need to drink more water, try getting a little more water. If you need to cut down on all the sugary stuff, maybe have one treat a day instead of five, right? Gentle nutrition is slowly shifting yourself towards the habits and routines that are going to serve your body. And by using these principles, you can really learn to reject a lot of the food rules that are influencing diet culture. And instead, you get to choose when and what to eat based on how your body feels. Okay, so this framework ends up being like your guide to pick and choose in the beginning, which of these principles do you need to focus on first? You don't have to follow crazy strict rules to be an intuitive eater. So let's talk a little bit about dieting and being an athlete. You know, I think that due to the nature of of sports, athletes can be a lot more prone to things like body dysmorphia and eating disorders because either we feel like there's these strict dietary guidelines around being an athlete or we have these certain images in our head of like what an athlete should look like. And this is one of the things that I love about roller derby is because it really celebrates women taking up space. It celebrates people taking up space, right? And it can, without that celebration of people being allowed to be who they are, it ends up leading to this like obsessive, unhealthy, you know, nasty thoughts around food. And then also a lot of times it ends up leading to like inadequate energy intake because people are afraid to eat. I can't tell you how many people have come into my program afraid to eat. They're afraid to eat carbs. They're afraid to eat multiple times a day. They've come off of doing things like keto or intermittent fasting and they're just afraid to eat food. But the problem is, is that restrictive diets are dangerous because of the overpromised results. We're like, oh, you're going to, you're going to lose 30 pounds in 10 days or something stupid like that. Or you're going to be like the most energetic human ever. But the problem is the improved performance or the physical appearance, appearance promises, like we athletes end up falling into this trap of like really trying to manipulate their diet exercise routine in like this really negative way. And they try to you know, meet these strict guidelines that 
don't really fall into being a healthy human. And so this type of dieting, it can be shown to increase anxiety and depression and decrease performance and recovery. So intuitive eating can actually positively influence sports performance, right? Between meal composition, nutrient timing, and macronutrient intake, there's like a lot for an athlete to consider when it comes to fueling for your workouts. But the problem is if you don't have good nutrition support, whether that's from a dietitian or someone like myself who's a fitness nutrition specialist, uh, a lot of times athletes really struggle to eat enough to support their energy expenditures. And so it ends up becoming really detrimental to sports performance. And they might not have enough energy to even get through a training or a game. And so this is really where intuitive eating comes into play. Okay, so as a fitness nutrition specialist, one of the things that I do is I really teach these intuitive eating principles to help athletes prevent low energy availability and ultimately just to boost performance. And a lot of studies have showed that intuitive eating leads to benefits like improved HDL cholesterol or higher body appreciation or increased pleasure from eating or reduced instances of binging and emotional eating and decreased prevalence of eating disorders. All of these things, without them, will boost sports performance. So also, a lot of the research indicates that people who practice intuitive eating tend to have lower BMIs than those who try to control food intake. Because a lot of times when we're controlling food intake, we're in these binging and restricting cycles. So here are my top nine ways that you can start to implement intuitive eating principles right away. First things first, you know, really rejecting those food rules and figuring out what works best for you. And you can do that through these, these nine principles. So number one, each workout is different. Okay. While a regimented diet plan can work for some athletes, it's actually can be really restrictful and harmful to their performance over time. Since some meal plans might not account for the different levels of intense exercise. And so since macro needs are going to be different with each workout, you as an athlete will have to determine which foods you need to fuel you for specific training, specific exercises, and then how to listen to your body to identify what you need to eat after a certain workout. The second one is really understanding that all foods fit in. Look, an occasional scoop of ice cream or a slice of pizza isn't going to derail your performance on the track. Okay. Now by applying some intuitive eating principles, you can actually maintain balance in food intake and promote a really healthy relationship with yourself and food and being able to include everything in when you want it. Like the reality is guys, if I want a fucking slice of pizza, I'm going to have it, but I'm having it because I want a slice of pizza, not because I'm stressed out and sad and coping, not because I didn't eat all day and it's the only thing available, right? You have to understand how food fits in. Now, Number three is treating eating as self-care, okay? Instead of mindlessly eating, you can learn to treat food as a form of self-care so you can view food as nourishment, not punishment. For example, like thinking about drinking water throughout the day even though you don't want to, right? You have to understand that water is essential for recovery and that a lack of it is going to negatively affect your performance. You're going to have cramping calves. You're going to overheat. So drinking water, not from I have to drink water, but from this is caring for my body. Okay. Number four is being flexible. You are each going to have your own specific nutritional needs 
but you can eat intuitively around those needs and find foods that work best for you. So I would really suggest that you're consuming protein with each meal, but you can choose whatever type of protein you want. Vegan, vegetarian, carnivore, doesn't matter. Just eat the dang protein. And that way you can enjoy it when it comes time to eat it. In Crash Course and Transformation, we give our, our clients four, their first four weeks of meal plan basics, but I always tell them, look, these are just ideas. You don't have to eat exactly this. You can go in, we have a ton of recipes, we have swaps. The goal in that first 12 weeks especially is to help people feel out what foods they absolutely love that will help them feel really good. And then what happens with this is then you realize you don't actually have to follow a strict diet regimen and you can instead eat what's going to make you feel your best. Number five, feeling for performance, not for appearance. Look, the unfortunate reality is we live in an appearance focused world and it can really negatively affect all of us, including athletes. And so to fit in, a lot of athletes find themselves abusing food and exercising in a way to manipulate their bodies to fit a certain standard instead of manipulating their bodies in a way to train so they can be strong. So by using intuitive eating principles, you're going to realize that number one, diets don't work. And that number two, if you just listen to your body, you are going to feel and perform better than ever. Number six, redirecting mental energy. Thinking about the number of macronutrients consumed during a day or calories burned in a workout is going to take up a shitload of brain space. Okay. So instead of worrying about like, like a diet plan, you can use intuitive eating principles to focus on non-sports related things like building relationships, excelling in school, doing great at your job because you're not spending all that time stressing about how many calories are in that piece of food that you're eating in that moment. And ultimately, this is going to contribute to a well-rounded lifestyle that's going to positively affect your athlete's performance and my and uh, your athlete performance and mindset. Now, one of the things that I have my athletes do is I encourage them to pre-plan their meals for the week. And this allows them to make sure that throughout that the days coming that they're getting enough protein. Instead of this whole you bite it, you write it concept of tracking food where, you know, you're eating three baby carrots and then you're marking it down on your meal tracker. And at the end of the day, every day you're like, I just can't get enough protein. Whereas if you just used your meal planner as a pre-planning tool, then you do the whole week, you know, you got enough food in there and you know, you got enough protein. And if you have a slice of pizza instead of something else, you just swap it out. It doesn't really matter because you know, you're pretty much there anyways. Number seven utilize the off season. So certain sports can put like a lot of pressure on athletes to manipulate their physique during the off season. And I think roller derby is one of those places where we worry more about, oh my gosh, I'm so worried that during the off season, I'm going to gain weight and lose all of my fitness and all of these things because we've been so reliant on being a high performing athlete during the season that you can kind of like get away with eating whatever you want because you're relying so much on exercise. I see this a lot with skaters that retire and then get like gain like 50 pounds, 
right? Because they weren't using these intuitive eating principles all year long. And so they're stressing out during the off season or they don't have the intuitive eating principles just inside of them. So when they retire, then they just keep eating like shit and then they blow up and then they feel like shit and they're like, what happened to me being an athlete? So you can take advantage of this time and really reestablish your hunger cues and tune in with your body and reject a lot of these food rules during the off season. Okay. That means yes, over the holidays. Eat what the fuck you want, but just do it in moderation. It's basically what I'm saying. And number eight, honor your hunger. Look, if you are ignoring your feelings of hunger or your cravings, you're going to be at risk of underfueling. This also can lead to things like disordered eating, long-term performance issues. So really ask yourself, when you feel hungry, am I feeling hungry? Or notice, is it like, oh, well, I'm just craving a donut because I'm bored at work right? It's important that you really take the time to understand when are you head hungry? When are you stomach hungry? When are you emotionally coping with food versus when do you actually need fuel, right? So you really need to start asking yourself and identifying the feelings of hunger and then also getting familiar with that hunger and fullness scale. Eating slow enough that you can say, yep, I'm satisfied with enough food right now. And I will say, if you're someone who eats a lot of carbs and a lot of sugar, your ability to feel full is going to be hampered. There are two hormones in your system called leptin and ghrelin. One is responsible for making you feel full. The other is responsible for making you feel hungry. When you eat a lot of sugar, you are suppressing your leptin and you are increasing your ghrelin, meaning you are going to be more hungry more frequently and you are going to feel full less no matter how much you eat. So cutting out a lot of processed, carby, shitty foods will actually allow you to get in tune with your hunger. Okay. And the final one is embrace change. Look, since intuitive eating focuses on a relationship with food rather than weight or appearance, it's possible that you might gain a little weight, you might lose a little weight, you might stay exactly the same, right? And this can be intimidating for a lot of skaters to embrace this method, right? And so I really want to encourage you that if you're at a point where you're ready to start honoring your hunger and and fullness cues, you know, the results that you see aren't necessarily going to be related to weight, okay? And when it's done correctly, intuitive eating can provide a really supportive framework that promotes body respect and improves your relationship with food. So hopefully this has been helpful for you in really starting to think about how is your relationship with food? Where are things a little disordered? Are you being too strict? Do you need to be more mindful? So I'm so excited. If you loved what you heard, please share this with your league, share this with your teammates, share this with your friends, take a screenshot, post it on social media so that I know that this stuff is helpful for you. You can tag me because life is a contact sport and she who touches the most lives wins. I'll see you later.